Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys, it happened. It's happening. It happened. The Wicked trailer dropped. And all I have to say is... Ah! Oh my god, did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Oh my god, guys. Jake has a podcast. I can't believe Jake has a podcast. Oh my god, Jake has a What's up, everybody? My name is Jake Workman, and this is Oh My Pod, you guys, a musical theater and pop culture podcast. You guys, we have much to discuss because not only did we get the incredible trailer for the new Wicked movie, I will share my thoughts. We also got new Beyonce music. I could cry. I could cry. Beyonce is in her country era. Girl, darling diva dear, I could not be more thrilled. I mean, I don't know how on earth I'm going to pay for literally any concert ticket after last year's extravaganza, but I guess I will be selling my wares to uh, to get my ass to the next Beyonce concert because mama, giving country? Are we kidding? I'm, uh, she's a genius. That, that, that's all. It is also absolutely hilarious to me that Miss Casey Musgraves and Miss Lana Del Rey have new country music coming out. And Beyonce just said, I am so sorry to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I will be squashing that because I have new music to share. But you guys listen to the first two songs, 16 Carriages and Texas Hold'em. It's this next era is going to be amazing. Okay. Also, we have to talk about the Wicked trailer. If you know me, you know. I am a diehard wicked girly. However, I was less than over the rainbow, let's say, when I heard the announcement of this movie. I just, I think it's such a beautiful thing to see on stage, and I don't really know why we need a movie. But then, but then, I stand corrected because, darling, this trailer, it's not even the full trailer, it's just the teaser. I, my little heart was pitter a pattering. It's so beautiful. I, I mean, of course, like Ariana, duh, Cynthia, duh. It's going to be weird no matter what. I think it's just going to be weird. Like 
because we've known Wicked for 20 years in one way and then to see it done by new people and new um, in new ways is just always a little bit like, well, that's weird. But it looks so beautiful. It sounds stunning already. I'm so excited. I will be seated. And with that, you guys, we must dive headfirst into this week's Broadway World Recap brought to you by my amazing friends at BroadwayWorld.com. First, you guys, we got two, not one, but two, count them, announcements from Chicago on Broadway this week. Miss Jinx Monsoon is coming back to the cell block and in June for Pride, no less. Stunning, perfect, genius, of course. And Miss Ariana Maddox has extended her run as Roxy Hart into early April due to popular demand. Girl, the dolls are bringing it back to Chicago on Broadway. Say what you want about, you know, quote unquote stunt casting or whatever. Everyone has their own opinion on it. But I think it's a genius way to get people who wouldn't have ever considered stepping foot in a theater to see a Broadway show. And then it opens the door for their love of theater. I just, it's so fun. It's so exciting. It's always amazing that, you know, a show like this can keep running and keep so many people employed for so long. Um, and so I'm just excited for both of these amazing women to get to continue their legacy at Chicago the Musical. Next, you guys, we have something rather interesting to discuss, and I would love to hear any and all opinions on this. This is strictly my opinion. But this week, very famous and acclaimed actor Rafe Fiennes, who is most notably known for portraying Lord Voldemort in the Harry Potter series, um, called for limited trigger warnings in theaters. And while he does acknowledge the fact that there are some things that could affect someone physically like strobe lighting, I think this is a really interesting and sort of archaic way to think about presenting art. In an interview with BBC One's Sunday with Laura Kensberg, Rafe Fiennes said, I think we didn't used to have trigger warnings. I mean, there are very disturbing scenes in Macbeth, terrible murders and things. But I think the impact of theater should be that you're shocked and you should be disturbed. I don't think you should be prepared for these things. And when I was young, I never had trigger warnings for shows. So let's break this down just a little bit. First of all, I just think that the argument that when I was young, it was this way, so it should still be that way just kind of doesn't really sit well with me, certainly not with, um, you know, the, the broader community of, of theater performers. Like, when you were young, we hadn't been to the moon yet, sir. Like, what are, what are we talking about? But also, if your project, if your piece of art is not impactful enough without a shock value or um, disturbing someone, I don't know that it's the the right piece of theater that we need. I mean, in the same way that when you go to the movies, they're rated for a reason. A movie is rated R. That's a trigger warning that, that there's either going to be um, heavy language or heavy themes, violent images, all of that. You don't go to a theater and say, well, I'm, I'm going to see Saw, but um, I don't really know. Maybe, maybe it'll just be like a lighthearted thing. No, it's rated for a reason. 
in the same way that when you go to see a show like To Kill a Mockingbird, there's a there's a trigger warning that this is very heavy subject material that might not be suited for some audience members. I don't think that's wrong, and I don't think it takes away from any part of the show or the theater goer's experience. Audience preparedness for themes does not take away the impact of the art that we are presenting. Anyway, long story long, those are my thoughts. I would love to hear your opinions, you guys. Please like shoot me an email or um, tag me in a comment on the Instagram page because I'd love to know what all of you guys are thinking. But that's just my opinion. That's my opinion! Next, you guys, due to overwhelming ticket demand, the critically acclaimed second stage theater production of Appropriate, starring Sarah Paulson, is extending its run and will transfer to the Belasco Theater for a limited 13-week engagement beginning Monday, March 25th. You guys, this is amazing. This show opened to rave reviews in December, and it sold out its initial run. They extended it three weeks, and now it's extending and transferring to the Belasco Theater so that they can sell more tickets. This is so exciting. Sadly, the lovely Elle Fanning, who originated the role of River in the show, is unavailable to transfer with the production, but her replacement will be announced in the coming weeks. And, you know, that's obviously just another exciting opportunity for another young actor to try their hand at the Broadway and opposite Sarah Paulson. Are you kidding? I still have not been able to see it, so I'm so excited that it's going to transfer. And lastly, you guys, we got a really, really cool announcement that Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club is going to offer a 75-minute prologue before the performances begin with a full separate cast of musicians and actors and performers so that you can really immerse yourself in the Kit Kat Club experience before you go into the theater and watch the show. The prologue features original music and direction by Angus McRae, and like I said, it begins approximately 75 minutes before the published curtain time, and guests are going to receive a club entry time after they purchase a ticket to allow them to take in the prologue and the club. And you guys, I think this is so cool. I mean, it's kind of just like taking interactive theater to such a new place, but with a show this impactful, I think it really allows you to put yourself in that world and fully like just immerse yourself in the experience. So I cannot freaking wait. I was so excited when they announced that this was transferring, but this is just extra amazing. I am so beyond excited. Congratulations to everyone in Cabaret. I'm coming for you. And you guys, this has been the Broadway World Recap. Oh my pod, you guys. I am so excited to welcome my next guest to the show. He plays the role of Rio in the animated musical for the BBC, You Me. And he is a an actor of this the television and film. Please welcome Mr. Martin Sariel. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Jake. Oh my god, of course. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Can you tell the listeners where you are calling in from? Yeah, sure. I am in uh, somewhere in South London, and it's half six in the evening. <laughs> An undisclosed location you will not be giving <laughs> the listeners <laughs> your address. Yeah. Love. Oh my gosh. I, I have so many things to ask you. You are my first Brit on the show. Can you oh. believe? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I'm, 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 very, I'm very happy to be I your know. first Brit. <laughs> what an honor. <laughs> um, so before I, I ask you about you, me, and your other amazing work, I would love to know um, about your upbringing. You know, 
living in the UK is a different uh, experience, obviously, than than living in the States. And as an East Asian actor, I'm sure that you have quite an interesting perspective on what it means to be an artist over there. I'd love to know what what was your road to sort of being an actor and an artist? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so I, I've sort of had a, a, a quite... I've lived in many sort of different lives in different parts of the world before I came to the to to the UK and to London specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad's a musician; um, he's a drummer. So a lot a lot of my upbringing was was consisted of of moving around quite a lot. So I was born in Malaysia, but that's only because my dad happened to be working there at the time, um, and we moved. Uh, quickly after I was born to Singapore for a bit and then moved to Hong Kong for a bit where I spent a lot of years in and uh, and then I moved here uh, sorry we moved here uh, to to London um, where I started drama school and that's kind of I think London is where I sort of started my um, my actor life I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's which is after you know much much consideration and, and lots of trying different things out as sure. and then and, and then I you know took on this path um so that's kind of my my journey but yeah in terms of you know being an actor with my I guess heritage and my specific uh you know with looking the way I look mm-hmm. uh we definitely have a very unique experience compared to some other actors in in the country yeah uh, I think representationally, it, it, we, there might be an imbalance. Uh, things are getting better, but um, definitely growing up, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the norm for me to see someone that looked like me right. uh, to be working in, in 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 the industry in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was an interesting um, it was an interesting choice, I think, to 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 go into an industry that could be quite potentially quite scary Absolutely. Uh, in terms of whether, you know, what are the percentages of me getting, being employed. Right. Um, but yes, uh, that's kind of my, my, my backstory. Wow. So you had a very worldly uh, sort of like childhood and upbringing. You were not just in one place for a long time. You sort of got to see, lots of parts of the world before you decided that this was the the path for you yeah definitely amazing so did you was your family um one that sort of pushed you in the direction of the arts or were you were they like excited and encouraging for you to do this I mean clearly you've been able to um sort of forge a really exciting and beautiful career for yourself so I just wonder if there's like you know that in your in your dna i think definitely i think genetically i i definitely was was sort of i don't know i i think the it's not surprising to my family let's just say that i, I chose <laughs> okay. i chose this path because um my my granddad was also a musician so my dad's side of the family was completely filled with artists and people that you know were worked in the performing arts um so 
it, it was definitely wasn't a surprise for, for them that I that all of that creativity and, and, and being in that environment rubbed off on me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they were and I'm very grateful and lucky because I know it's not necessarily the same for every family, but they have been very unconditionally supportive from day one. And even though my mom doesn't necessarily work in the same field, um she loves theater loves loves watching you know loves going to the cinema loves really good films and being an only child she uh used to sign me up to a lot of like after school classes like drama classes um everything to kind of keep my creativity being making sure that my creativity was being fed and to also try new things um and to you know get to play I guess which is essentially what I think acting is yes 100%. so yeah very very uh, grateful yeah I think we're very very fortunate and lucky as artists who have parents to to encourage us to do this because I know I mean I, I guess I don't know exactly if sort of the mentality and mindset um, specifically in the UK when it mm. comes to raising children who may eventually become artists. But I know that in the United States, it is uh, uh, more often than not, I would say it is a, um, a battle with, <laughs> with parents to, to get them to understand that this is a viable career path. And also it's the love of our lives. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. And I think it's, pretty similar here in this country too where you know choosing a life choosing the life of an artist pretty much means you're choosing the life of financial instability so uh, I I completely understand why some parents would question that and maybe discourage their children or, or just sort of really kind of make them have a proper think about it before right. before they they choose to do it <laughs> yes. but um yeah, I, it, it's understandable. It's it's it, it, but yeah, I can't imagine doing anything else. Mm-hmm. Totally. So tell me about this amazing project called You Me. I shamefully don't know much more than the title and and the <laughs> characters you play, but I'm so intrigued because it's being produced by BBC News, and you said you mentioned that there were it's in two parts. I'm mm. so excited to hear about it. Yeah, so You Dot Me is a, a is a radio musical drama, I guess, commissioned by the BBC World Service, and it's in two parts. The first part we uh, recorded, and it was released in 2021, so maybe just a year after you know life in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And actually, when we recorded it, it was it was the third national lockdown, I believe, in the UK. So lots of isolated rehearsals lots of um just you and one other person in a room lots of masks wearing and lots of talking to people virtually and checking in with them about what the process you know whether what you're doing is all right um very bizarre strange time (laughs) yeah um but what's incredible about the show is that it it is it's set in the pandemic and the story is about two people that meet each other on that live in different sides of the world. And through these two characters, you uh, find out how their love story unfolds. And also through their viewpoints, you get to dive deeper into their backgrounds, which deal with a lot of issues of um, trauma, family uh, pressures, but also ambitions, hopes, dreams, 
and overcoming self-imposed fears or overcoming self-imposed obstacles to, uh, I guess, truly be who you want to be. And to, to, I think a huge message of the show is about taking risks. So I think in that way, it, this, this musical explores it beautifully about, uh, you know, overcoming those fears to, to fight for your own happiness, essentially. So I would say part one is a huge part of that. And then part two is kind of, uh, it's this focus shifts slightly. It dives further into um, the issues of mental health because it's set after post lockdown, which you would think people, you know, after going through a lot of the things that we went through, globally that everything's going to be fine but sure. um you know it's not necessarily the case and right. it's not necessarily i don't think going back to normal exists i think it's 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 not going back you're going into something right. else completely mm-hmm. and uh that could that could be quite confusing and difficult for some people that they their anxieties and sort of readjusting once again in such a quick amount of time is could be a challenge and I would say part two deals with that specifically amazing so is this your first foray into the world of voice acting um no uh, actually I've, I've done video games um oh sure okay voice acting before so uh in that way, it's a similar sort of medium, you know, where you're in a room and you're not necessarily you're not necessarily worried about what you what you look like visually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say doing a, a radio audio drama slash musical, like this is definitely my first time going into that, diving into something like this. Yeah, I mean, tell me about the experience. I mean, you you touched on it a little bit, but mm. you know how coming out of the pandemic and everything you are so isolated rehearsals have to be I would assume either just like by yourself or with a mask on and you know all of the protocols and everything but also there's no we're not we're not on our feet actually doing this that's just a different experience than I have ever had as an actor (laughs) in a musical because so much I mean all of the storytelling comes down to your voice and your inflections Mm. and the emotion that can come through was that was that a challenge for you yeah I guess there, it was challenging in, a, in like you said a, a way that I wasn't familiar with because you are communicating everything through your voice in front of a microphone everything becomes so much more intimate and every nuance every sl- small detail is picked up on by um by the listener yeah so in that sense we were really um quite forensic into how we delivered certain lines and delivered certain parts of the music the storytelling becomes much more um detailed in that way i would say and it wasn't something i was uh, necessarily familiar with your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. 
Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So I could be wrong, but this project is, it is like accompanied by animation. Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. so it's not just you know, sort of like a radio play situation or like a, a, a long form podcast where you are getting the story and the music, but there's no visual. So were you ever given the opportunity to see your character before recording? No, I actually didn't know what it was going to look like because I think all the recording was done before the animation sure. uh, was created because I guess they were doing it based on what we actually end up recording and things uh -huh. were changing consistently throughout the recording process because one of the most exciting things about the show is obviously we were talking about issues that we were living in at the time yeah. Yeah. so things were changing constantly and we tried to reflect that in the story as much as we could so in the material things would get changed things would get taken away added in taken out changed slightly so I guess the animators had to really work with the could only work on it based on the final product that was delivered to them. So I had no idea what, what, it, what it looked like. Um, mm. And to a certain extent, I still don't because the first part that came out in 2021, the animation has was, was more bare bones from what I understand. Mm -hmm. And that has been reworked for this new re-release of, of, the, of the two parts as, as one singular collection. So I haven't seen any of that yet. And I am wow. very much looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, that's so cool. And I, I guess I would imagine that not having like actual literal lines to color inside of allowed you to take direction in a different way where you're not limited by what you're seeing. You're not already having this preconceived experience of like, well, it looks like this. So I have to say it like this, or like, I need to sing it like this. Like you kind of had free reign, I would imagine to really make it your own. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, working on stage or in front of a camera, you hear people talk about, you know, really specifying the thought process of the character, you know, like what, in in very actory terms what are their actions and objectives and all of that stuff and especially for screen I think one of the most effective things you can translate on screen in a screen performance is to obviously look through the character's eyes and see the thought process you don't have any of that in a radio drama but then right. in some ways your 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 thought process and, and the thoughts you put behind each syllable is, is <laughs> even more heightened and that was something that we definitely worked on quite a lot. Uh, specific words, specific phrases. We had to be so clear about the intentions behind every one of them because there's only one singular output, as it were, sure. coming from the actors. Wow, that's so, so cool. Yeah. So tell me about the character of Rio. How, how did you, well, I guess even backtracking further than that what was your path to this show i i it's sort of the, in the conventional way I, I got an email from my agent at the time telling me that hey they're looking for someone to work on this this thing uh which i thought was wow I've, i don't think i've ever heard anything like this and the the not the pitch but like what was the details that were given at the time was just a few people that were involved and 
I mean, for me, that was enough to sell me on wanting to be a part of the project. Um, one of the obviously we have Stephen Fry as our narrator, and yes. he is, you know, obviously an icon. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> yes. So I was like, I mean, that's a big sell for me. Right. Right. Um, and there were other things, other elements that were equally enticing getting to work with the BBC Philharmonic who provides all the music behind uh, all the songs. Wow. Um, Simon Pitts, who's the commissioner for the BBC World Service is behind it. And Theo Jameson as the composer. Theo Jameson, I worked with seven years prior to that email. Um, and we had such a good time working together uh, on um, the, the uh, production of Here Lies Love at the National Theatre in 2014 yeah. and um we just got on really well we have quite similar sense of humor so when we got the when i got that email saying that he was going to be involved i was like really up for it because i would love to uh, would love to have the chance to work with him again and um yeah i guess that's sort of my way of 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 getting to be a part of this we did have to audition uh, obviously virtually so once again you know the, the the it was quite a strange experience of of talking through to a laptop and acting with someone oh, yes. virtually i'm not sure if you've done it or have you ever I tried have, yes and it is a very interesting experience i was asked to play to camera and they were like we know that this is not normal but like the the, the way that this show you know operated was such that I was completely breaking the fourth wall, wall mm, at the time. So it right. was looking into, you know, the camera the whole time, which was so freaking weird. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what are we doing? But yes. yeah, it's a bizarre process. It's, 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 I'm not sure it's something I would like to do again, but yeah. I mean, obviously <laughs> it depends on the context, but like, yeah, it was a lot of, it was, a, there were a few rounds of that. And I mm -hmm. guess Theo and the team just wanted to make sure, you know, try to combine people's voices and chemistry and all that stuff right. and, and making sure that it works and it was the most effective for the story so uh and then uh, yeah after that I was very very happy to to hear that I've I've been uh, asked to be a part of part of the project yeah so did they pitch the character to you as an Asian character or or is this a character of Asian heritage or were they just like we're looking for any person any type and you are the one we choose um i think yeah the, the character was specifically written as as asian because in, in the story rio uh who's japanese american moves to kyoto for um just because he wanted to have a change of, of scenery and he lives he goes to live with his two friends and i guess going back on the uh on the conversation about representation obviously when something is written in uh, in yeah. the story as someone reflective of the community i'm always very excited um to have that opportunity so yeah he was he was written specifically as japanese american wow that's fantastic and i i guess to that point i i would love to know too just like what what your thoughts are on um not necessarily the lack of representation, which we could, of course, talk about forever because it's <laughs> absurd. Mm. But um, you being an Asian actor mm. who is obviously capable of playing roles that um, have not 
specifically been written as an Asian person or mm. with Asian descent and, and what it means to, to get to play those roles, but also to not need to be pushed into that box specifically because you are Asian. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, oh God, it's such a nuanced conversation because it is, it is great to, to, to see, uh, to look at a script and to be presented with characters that are written as Asian, but not necessarily, uh, the story doesn't necessarily consist of tropes that may, you might find in other writing that mm -hmm. also feature Asian characters. Um, so it, it's always quite nice to, to, to see that. And this particular story definitely, it, it wasn't a story looking into Rio's you know heritage in any way sure I, I think his his back the, the back story of him being in Japan is is just to elevate the um the distance between the two characters that happen to live on different sides of the world but that would I would say that is kind of the um that's, that's kind of the extent uh of of where his cultural and, and ethnic heritage comes in mm -hmm. so it's very nice to 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 go into a story where you're not looking at a as an at an Asian character, you're looking at, right. at a human being. Totally. And uh, I think that's I think that's slowly starting to happen um, as we move on as we move forward in time yes. and and have you know more exciting voices and, and writers and and people yeah. out there kind of getting given those opportunities. Absolutely. I just actually had the pleasure of having um, Lily Thomas on the podcast and mm. she is our current um, Mama Morton in Chicago on Broadway. And she's the first Asian woman to play the role. And we talked a lot about that role for her, but also um, the role of Cynthia Murphy in the national tour of Dear Evan Hansen, because mm. she was, I believe the first Asian woman to play that role as well. And um she talked a lot about how like people were impacted by the fact that like the the family that we were seeing on stage didn't look like each other and there was no comment on it and it wasn't used as a plot device it wasn't used as a, you know look how woke we are look mm. how look how you know progressive we are as producers and casting people it yeah. just these were the correct people for the roles these were the best people for the job and so they are going to get it I just, mm. I love that whole ideology. I think it's exactly where we need to be headed. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you have been able to experience kind of the duality of embracing your heritage in, in some roles and then not needing to in others, because yeah. that's just what it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, the, to be fair, I, I feel like that is the place that, you know, I, I don't want to speak for other communities, but I feel like that is kind of where we all are trying to get to uh, is the fact that we're, we should be able to just be seen as human beings and, and play characters that are interesting. <laughs> and that, and that totally. is it. Yeah. You're like, especially when they're drawn, <laughs> you're like, I'm not even on screen. <laughs> it's my yeah, voice. I agree. Well, Speaking to that a little bit more, I would love to ask about your experiences on shows like Bridgerton, where mm. they have done a, from what I can tell, a very brilliant job of letting it not be about 
what you look like or where you come from, but about the storytelling. I think it's so such a beautiful show, and I'd love to know um, how your experience was in in working on a show like that. Sure, I have to be very careful about this one because I don't know how much I'm actually allowed oh, to say. Oh well, of course, of course. Yeah, we could, but uh, but <laughs> I can t- but I can definitely speak on the experience of seeing uh, the 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 um, the cast of of people that were that were hired, and and in you know in the days I was there, mm-hmm. it was so reflective and inclusive of everyone that I was very very. I was very moved and I was very excited to, to see how, you know, going into something that has, has already had a few seasons, um, that, that, that was, that was an ethos that was, um, that was a priority that was being continued in the conscious and uh, consciously in their casting, Totally. you know, cause sometimes people could do it, do it momentarily and then perhaps shift away and go back to how, you know, uh, casting, perhaps used to be especially uh-huh. for per- period dramas yes. but it was amazing to see you know Shonda Rhimes and, and her and her team of people ensuring that the uh that that their specific way of representing everyone was continued so that was incredible to to see um especially for you know I'm sure others have sp- spoken about it as well but like I never would have thought I would ever get cast in a British period drama ever. <laughs> so that was just like such a career highlight. And yeah, I'm very, you know, I, I'm as I'm super excited to be a part of the, the franchise. Um, and yeah, I think that's what I can say for now. <laughs> and hey, that is more than enough. I just was so excited to to ask you about it because it's been one of my favorites. I I love the show and oh nice, how special that you get to to be a part of it. That's just yeah. so exciting. So, yeah. do you have? I mean, going back, you know, to to sort of the world of you dot me. Mm. Do you have interest in um pursuing more? stage musical work like is that is that something that you really want to focus on in your career I've been very lucky I have to say that I was able to do kind of a mixture of everything mm-hmm. um, I mean you mentioned Here Lies Love which was mm, fantastic and I had the pleasure of seeing it on Broadway which was amazing oh nice um, yeah but but I would love to know more about your you know what drives you to do musicals I think in, in for musicals but you know also with everything the story is always the main drawing point i i have to you know like the story and i have to be drawn to the story in some way and feel like i have something to contribute to the story that makes me want to be a part of it and it you know it doesn't matter if it's a musical film tv whatever um or a straight play i that is always the starting point but I think um, for musicals, obviously you have the the uh, other elements which you don't quite get in other things, which is of course the music. Sure. And I definitely can get quite specific about the type of music I like. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is also a huge driving force behind what I would like to be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously having worked with Theo and having heard some of his stuff, I know that he's going to create something really special. Totally. And I think that's why it was an easy yes for me to, to, to be a part of this. Um, 
you know, similar to Here Lies Love, like I've never heard anything like that before. Absolutely. And I was so curious to see how that was going to translate on stage and that also having heard how the staging was going to be when they did it, I believe in the public theater in New York beforehand and, and just seeing how like it was a four, uh, um, what was a 360 experience and, yes. and it just not, it wasn't anything anyone has really seen before. And yeah, yeah I guess I've been very lucky that I've been part of things that are not revolutionary, but, but definitely slightly unconventional. And Absolutely. Um, I, I would definitely love to be, I would love to continue that trajectory, hopefully to, to uh, be in the beginning stages for things that uh, are perhaps um, quite fresh and, and new to people in the, totally. in, in the uh, fans of theater, perhaps. Could you, could you describe sort of the, the style of the music of you.me? Oh, this is a tricky one because it, we kind of jump around different <laughs> genres. And Theo, and I say this with with all the love in the world, is mad in the way that <laughs> and how he creates because he's he's quite a zany person in general, and that is quite definitely reflected in music, but also just a genius. You know, in the way that it's. You know, I, I could just say things like the timing of certain songs is quite odd and, and, and you know, there are, this isn't necessarily new in musicals, but like he, the, lyrically, there's definitely the delivery of certain words in the songs are are, are so fast paced. And, and yeah, it's just, I, I guess, sonically, it, it, he's just working on a level that is not necessarily something you hear all the time in musical right. theatre. So... <laughs> Um, that is something I would say you can only judge for yourself when you hear it and to kind of really know what, what I'm trying to describe, but we, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a real, you can definitely hear he's a very eclectic, um, uh, connoisseur of music for sure. Mm. And you would hear lots of many different elements. And I think some of the things he talked about musically obviously he's a huge um fan of Sondheim so there's definitely elements of that he's he loves classical music he also loves jazz so there are components of jazz in this uh I remember we talked about um uh I don't necessarily know if this is reflected in the music but I know that for a fact that we're both huge fans of Bon Iver I don't know if you know Bon Iver of course. um there you go and and uh i'm sure that's somewhere in his subconscious mind and that's somehow translated into the music too so yeah it's a real mixture so it's quite hard for me to to pin down exactly what it is but i guess you know listen and and, and find out for yeah. yourself. oh my gosh i cannot wait to listen C can you um share when and and sort of how we get to experience this show Absolutely. Yeah. So it comes out on the 21st of February and it's going to be on uh, the BBC World Service website. You can stream it there. Uh, it's also going to be on all plat um, podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So it's we're, we're trying to, you know, reach as many people as we can. Um, so it's going to be on loads of multiple platforms. It's also if you are a UK listener. It's going to be on BBC Sounds, and I think that's going to be uh, released in separate parts, I believe. 
Fantastic. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see it. And hear it. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Do you have any, this is such a random question, but do you have any desire to um, pursue art across the pond in the States? Oh, absolutely. I would love to. Yeah. I um, Have you been before? I have. Yeah. Okay, I was, I've been to New York twice and I've got family members that live in Orange County. So oh, sort of yes. like a good mixture of, I've been to the East Coast and West Coast. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so I've sort of seen a little bit, my share of, of, of America. But yeah, I would love to, I absolutely, the dream of mine would be to to uh, to to do something on stage in, in New York, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know that there have been been some some examples of shows that have been brought over from here some plays and you know that would be a really good uh, good opportunity i think to yeah hope one day be a part of that totally i'm like i i speak for all of us here when <laughs> be more than excited to have you come to the united states and do the broad way <laughs> it's done we've said it it's done now yes we've exactly. manifested we've, it you heard it on oh my pod you guys so it it's the truth now yes, forever absolutely in well, Martin, you are such a delight. Before I let you go, I have a series of musical theater rapid fire questions that I ask every guest. This okay. is not trivia. These are opinion questions just for you. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> Sondheim or Andrew Lloyd Webber? It's really tricky. I have to preface <laughs> I have to preface this and I apologize to all musical theater lovers listening my musical theater knowledge may not be as as um as full as a lot of other people so i can only i'm speaking very from very limited knowledge and please forgive me i'm only slightly more familiar with andrew lloyd webber's stuff so i'm gonna okay. have to say andrew lloyd webber okay love it um sweatpants or jeans jeans do you have a favorite musical? I do, yeah. Uh, Spring Awakening, I think, is, oh, is still my favorite. Love. <laughs> I saw the Almeida, well, the um, they, they've revived it in, I guess, yeah, revived it in at the Almeida Theatre in the UK uh, in 2021, the same year we recorded You Dot Me, and I very rarely do I go back and see something and that I went twice because I just wow. thought because obviously I was very familiar with with the original cast recording and this is something completely different and uh yeah definitely definitely a, a favorite of mine love it uh do you have a least favorite musical <laughs> spill Ooh. the tea <laughs> Least favorite musical. Oh God, I am gonna upset some people. <laughs> That's the entire mo of this show. <laughs> but uh, you know, gotta speak from an honest place. <sighs> Least favorite. I would have to say Wicked. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Oh my God, I'm dead. Well, I always <laughs> say that mine's Footloose, and everyone's like, "How dare you, you heartless." <laughs> whatever um would oh well i guess we we kind of already covered this but would you ever like to do a broadway play absolutely yes great me too see you there <laughs> uh 
Are you a morning person or a night owl? It's a strange one for me because I I do like the mornings a lot. I, I love waking up early, but I do find myself staying up quite late as well. <laughs> so I guess you'll sleep I, when you're dead. I sleep while I'm dead. I just love being awake <laughs> to see life. Yeah. So a bit um, of both. Yeah. Could you think of the craziest thing a director has ever asked you to do? <laughs> craziest thing a director has ever asked me to do. Whether it be in an audition room or on a set or in a rehearsal period. Craziest thing. I don't know. I guess what I find crazy might be different for some people. <laughs> and I don't think I've been, I've, I don't think I've said yes to anything that I feel that was completely out of my comfort zone. Um, <laughs> so it well, could be some, good. it could be some outrageous stuff that I've done that I'm like, yeah, that's totally <laughs> fine. And some people would be like, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm afraid I can't think of anything that's too crazy. Uh, honestly yeah. I would say that you should count yourself lucky for that okay <laughs> um, I guess the oh the first I mean maybe it's not so crazy but the first play that I ever did I, I was just in my pants as in like my, my underwear uh-huh uh and that was my first play ever and I just thought yeah sure um sure I don't, I don't, know, what, I don't know what that says about me but um walk around in my skivvies in front of <laughs> Exactly, audience. in a very tiny fringe theatre, so, you know, very close to the audience. Exposed. Very exposed, <laughs> and I thought, sure, I'll do it. Um, sure. So maybe that's the craziest thing. Love it. <laughs> um, golden age or contemporary? I do find myself enjoying... I do love a good rock musical, so I would have yeah. to say contemporary. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a favorite role that you've ever played? Oh, I do. Yes. Um, there's a play that I did in 2022 that I don't know if a lot of people have seen. Um, it's by an incredible writer called uh, Chloe Moss. And it's a play called Karina Karina. I played a character called Raphael in it, who is Filipino and that is definitely one of my favorite characters that I played. One of my favorite theater memories in general. Wow. Yeah. Where, where did you say that was? And I was in Liverpool uh, in a theater called Everyman uh, Liverpool. And um, I'm not sure how many people saw it, but uh, I had a, <laughs> somebody, I had a blast. Somebody had to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yeah, I, I still look back on that show very fondly. And I met, I've met some of my closest friends closest pals that I still keep in touch with consistently today so yeah definitely that role love it mm. uh oh well this might be a blasphemous question to ask a Brit but coffee or tea <laughs> I love both so I can't choose but okay. I do drink tea more often because I can only limit myself to one coffee a day. Otherwise, I get the shakes. Yeah. <laughs> I literally start getting shakes and a headache. And that's when I know I've had too much caffeine. Too uh, much. Even though, you know, I still have teas 
on maybe quite a ridiculous amount for the rest of the day but uh yeah i'm gonna have to i guess in that way tea over coffee but i do love both yeah are you familiar with the british drag queen tea or coffee yes i do yes i <laughs> yes i think so yeah love her um could you think of the hardest show that you've ever done <sighs> hardest show that i've ever done Yes, I can. Uh, hardest in terms of just uh, uh, the role was challenging, or however you however. interpret it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think working on Tammy Faye was was definitely a bit of a challenge, and only because there was so there were so many pressures on on. I think everyone was watching for sure, and you definitely felt it. But you can't, you know, you, you you expect it with a team like that. You, of course, everyone's going to be very curious to know what, what it's going to be like. And I'm yeah. very happy that with the work that we've done. But yeah, that was hard because the process was, and it was the world premiere of the show. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things were, were, you know, still being considered. A lot of things were still being changed. And that could get quite challenging, you know, obviously as 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 the, the rehearsal process goes on you 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 start getting uh, you know it, it can be quite physically taxing and mentally taxing but i think you know it was all worth it in the end and uh very grateful that it's done very well and that it's going to head to broadway soon i believe yes. um and yeah hopefully it'll, it'll find an even more success on that side of the world and and uh, i just I, I find it i'm very curious to hear because obviously Tammy Faye wasn't wasn't necessarily a figure I was familiar with. Sure. Um, and I probably is quite similar for a lot of people that live here as well. It's not someone we grew up with, and I know it's a very different experience for Americans in general and right. for Americans that lived in a certain specific era. So I'm very curious to know how they're going to find it. But yeah, in terms of hard, I would say only because uh, the the process was was quite grueling at points. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, love the show, love the work we've done and obviously getting to, to meet and work with Elton John and, sorry, Sir Elton and, um, <laughs> and Jake Shears and James Graham and Rupert Gould. Like, what, yes. what, a, what a roster of people. Truly. So, and yeah. I mean, I would hope that there's even like the slightest possibility that you would get to come across the, the ocean and do it <laughs> on Broadway. We don't, you know, we know nothing. I have, we are, we literally don't know what's going to happen. Don't but... you just love that? I love being an actor. <laughs> being completely in the dark Completely at all in the dark. But I find it, I, I, I now choose to, you know, obviously the uncertainty can be quite scary, but I, I, I think I, I've sort of figured out a way. So I've done it long enough now where I'm like, okay, just channel it differently. Don't look at it with fear. Look at it with excitement. It's exciting not yes. to know what's going to happen. <laughs> so I am. That's uh, a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. I myself am a sardonic bitch. So <laughs> I want to know at all times what's going on. Oh, don't get me wrong. If, if someone was going to tell me, I would definitely take the option of like, <laughs> tell me now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my last question for you, which is a question that I ask all my guests, mm. is what is one thing that you would tell baby Martin? Oh. Hmm. I wouldn't tell him to change anything. 
I would just say whatever difficult times you're going to face, uh, it's it's gonna you know it's gonna get better i guess and and just keep going and also um yeah yeah keep going and and i don't I, yeah the, the the path if you like to call it that to to where i am now i i look back on it and i i really genuinely wouldn't have changed anything because i everything was important and I, everything was a lesson. So yeah, you, he 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 needed to go through that. So I'm I'm I would leave him well alone, mm. and just go, just keep going. Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, Martin, this has been such a treat. Thank you so so much for coming on the podcast. Would you tell the listeners where they can find you to keep up with not only your shenanigans but also <laughs> the release of You Dot Me? Absolutely, yes. So you can find You Dot Me. Uh, I guess the best place to look out for it is to go on the BBC World Service website. Yes. It is going to be released globally, so there won't be any sort of restrictions like uh, with with where you live and part, what part of the world you are. We want the world to listen, so yeah. there is a way out there. And like I said earlier, it's going to be on YouTube as well. It's going to be on all podcast platforms, so it's going to be somewhere um Mm -hmm. just search for it um and in terms of me personally you can follow me on instagram Uh, my handle is my name martin sariel s-a-r-r-e-a-l underscore um and uh i don't post that much but if you'd like to follow me just to kind of (laughs) see the occasional see martin's pretty face you know where to find it i usually tend to occasionally post maybe a story or two um every now and then about what i'm up to so (laughs) if you have the patience to kind of wait (laughs) then please come on and follow me well martin thank you so much again you are such a delight i hope i get to meet you some at some point in person yes absolutely it'd be wonderful yes definitely thank you so much jake this was such a pleasure You guys, that's it for another episode of Oh My Pod, you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to the pod, and you can follow the show on Instagram at Oh My Pod, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon. Bye! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.